content warning. Discussions of torture and death that some listeners might find upsetting. Welcome to the Newcastle Witches podcast. Thank you for listening. This is episode 10, A Burial on Hallowed Ground. This episode is dedicated to Elizabeth Brown. On today's episode, we're joined by Alec Ryrie, a professor of the history of Christianity at Durham University. He's written about issues of religion, magic and belief and unbelief in the 16th and 17th centuries. And his book, The Sorcerer's Tale from 2008, digs into another witchcraft case from the northeast of England. His most recent book is called Unbelievers, An Emotional History of Doubt and was published in 2019. Professor Ryrie for joining us for this episode of the podcast. Um, the topic that we want to talk about today is the burial site of the witches. They were buried in the cemetery of St Andrew's Church, which is in the centre of Newcastle. Um, their graves aren't there because of city development. That part of the churchyard was um, developed. But um, where I'd like to start is understanding how and where they were buried could have been affected by the by what was happening in Newcastle at the time. We know that the ruling class at the time was Puritan, and I'm interested to know how that would have affected society at the time, um, how it would have affected, affected law and order. Um, so maybe we can sort of trace it back to what establishing the differences between Puritans, Protestants and Catholics? Uh, sure. Uh, thanks very much for, for inviting me onto the podcast, Maria. It's great to, great to be with you. Um, I mean, Puritanism is, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a really kind of difficult, tangled, complicated, <laughs> fascinating subject. Um, and I'll, I'll try not to get too much into the, in, in, into the weeds of this. Um, and Puritanism in 1650, at this particular moment, is is particularly kind of weird and and tangled. There have been Puritans in England, that is, people who get called Puritans to begin with. It's a term of abuse. Um, it, there have been Puritans in England for a long lifetime. By by this okay. point, the 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 movement first starts to appear. The word first starts to be used in the 1560s. So, you know, really at the kind of edge of, of living memory for, for, for anybody alive at this period, at the time of the trials. And they are, these are the folks who feel that the, the English Reformation, the transition from, from Catholic to Protestant, um, is unfinished. Wow. Um, and that you're, you're, you're left with a, with a church which is still, as they would see it, sodden in the dregs of popery. Um, that that this is this is just kind of Catholicism in in fancy dress, and so they feel that this this Reformation has to be has to be seen through to its end, um, and the the reason that the term Puritan gets thrown at them, and then some of them start to take it on as a as a as a badge of pride, you know, actually to, to own it the way some people do sometimes with terms of abuse, yeah. um, is because they're their concern the concern that many of them have is to purify the the church of things that they see as as superstition 
um, as acts of idolatry, of, of, of you know, worship and reverence for for objects or places, any anything that distinguishes one physical object for another, one place from another, one time from another, um, they they regard as as superstitious because they will say the whole world and and you know all all times are created by God. The suggestion that there are some areas where God is more present than others. This is essentially a pagan way of of looking at the world as far as as far as they're concerned. There's there's this kind of odd, odd paradox about Puritanism that whereas what they're trying to break down this barrier between the sacred and the profane um and their view of that is because they don't believe there's any such thing as the as the profane that the whole created order is 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 sacred and god is equally present at every point anyway this lot have 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 been grumbling away for a for a lifetime pushing for the changes that they want to accomplish right through the reigns of elizabeth I and james I and into the into the reign of charles I and it's their ongoing disgruntlement, which during Charles's reign really turns into to open dismay, um, is one of the main factors that drives the civil war of the of the sixteen forties. Um, obviously, there's all kinds of of secular and political causes for the for the civil war as well. But I I, I don't think it that war makes sense unless you think about the this this Puritan ambition to finish what the the first reformers started to bring a, a, a true godly reformation to the country to its to its proper conclusion and of course up at up at this end of the country it's got a particular relevance because english eyes are often looking enviously north of the border uh, at at scotland as an example of of what a truly reformed country should be um and newcastle of course being very much the you know the military town the garrison town the the, the you know the main the main um urban point of of contact between between england and scotland that 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 presence is 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 very much felt in in this corner of the country that's a that's an interesting note obviously because our the witch pricker was from um edinburgh or from Scotland sort of was yeah. brought down from Scotland rather there's there's um, there's a there's a lot of a lot of coming and going and of course I mean, uh, I mean as 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 you'll know Scotland's culture of witchcraft is is quite mm-hmm. a distinctive one and so I mean yeah. seeing Newcastle as a as a kind of crossing point between English and Scottish witchcraft cultures is 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 you know it's one of the things that makes this um the presence of such a large set of of um such a large-scale trial so so striking so of course in in 1649 1650 the the war has been won uh by the by the, by the by the parliamentarian the puritan side they and and fought through much further than um than most of them initially expected it would have to be they've reached the point of executing the king and and establishing a republic what they're not able to do um despite you know ongoing attempts at this at this point is to agree on what this new puritan settlement is going to look like like a lot of revolutionaries they find it a lot easier to know what they're against than what they're in favor of 
um, <laughs> and and actually having to to establish a new consensus turns out to be to be formidably difficult. It means that in towns and cities across England, and especially in in garrison towns like like Newcastle, where the military, which is such a a, a, a vector for these radical Puritan ideas, you're seeing these long pent up delayed ambitions for further reformation really being being put into practice. Um, mm-hmm. That that in, in 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 towns like this, there's the you know the the hope that that finally what they and their parents and grandparents have been have been longing for 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 a lifetime um and there's one or two features of this trial that just would not make sense if it wasn't for for that particular context in particular the fact that the um the the the, the victims are buried in the churchyard as you say it feels like it's a religious crime but it's not seemingly viewed that way by the powers in charge sure i mean this this goes back to to the tudors um in the middle ages witchcraft was was a crime tried by the church courts but there's a there's a general power grab by the secular courts that comes with the with the reformation the church courts are stripped of a lot of their responsibilities um and one of those is that in 1542 henry viii passes uh, a, a, an act of parliament against witchcraft and then there are six uh, there are a series of of others um after that and it's it's this set of of secular laws passed by passed by parliament that provide the legal framework for for um prosecuting witchcraft in england it, this is one of the things that makes england a real outlier in a great many countries by this point uh, by the time we get to the to the uh, sort of first half of the seventeenth century, witchcraft is dealt with as a religious crime, um, essentially as a form of heresy, uh, because and the the, the you know the, the way of justifying that is that the centerpiece of the crime is that these people are accused of making a pact with the devil. Um, and and that's a that's a form of, of of blasphemy. It's giving honor to the devil that ought to be ought to be given to God, um, and so it's it goes in with that whole bucket of offenses. Yeah. Um, and the most obvious marker of that is the punishment that's applied to to witches in most jurisdictions, um, which is that you know, that, that they're they're burned alive. Um, which is the traditional punishment for for heresy? Um, so I mean that that's how it it plays out in you know typically in a, a whole range of, of jurisdictions. You see this in in a number of the big Scottish witch trials, um, but also in France, Germany, Switzerland, the places where you know the real heartlands of of, of witch hunting. England has a different legal structure from the beginning from that first witchcraft act in the in the 1540s and um and the the crime consists not of anything to do with the devil but of of actually harming people uh of using um malevolent magic in order to 
you know stop people's butter from churning or to to make their their you know their their prized goat die um or in in extreme cases to, to you know to kill people to possess people many people accused of witchcraft are accused of these you know what to us look like quite trivial offenses although of course for people living by subsistence agriculture you know you know lo- losing losing an animal is not a trivial matter um and th- so it means you've got a completely different set of legal problems that you th- there's different accusations that you need to find evidence for um and the punishment is different uh because these are felonies there that that's that's a you know a different bucket of of um of offences, felonies, you know, essentially amounts to any kind of ordinary criminality, um, and the English courts at this period have got very wide discretion um, in terms of the 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 penalties that they will impose for a felony. But if, as they can for a great range of crimes, they order the death penalty, then the uh, you know the the victims, the accused, will be executed by hanging, like a like a common criminal. I guess this is quite eye opening for me because I always thought of this as a religious crime. But you, but you're talking about it as like both religious and, and secular. If we can, I guess, digress a bit. I'd just be interested to know sort of how you feel about the idea that so many uh, witches were convicted in Newcastle, and if that was in any way tied to um, the legal system and the I guess the ruling powers that we had it, it, in Newcastle it is, and and that's what brings us back directly to to 1650. Okay, the acquittal rate in the English courts for for witches, at least before you before you get to the, to the Civil War period, is is pretty high. Um, you know, if if you were to be accused of witchcraft almost anywhere in Europe in the early 17th century, you probably choose to be accused in in England. And one of the things underpinning this is that England has an unusually centralized legal system for for major European or minor European territories of 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 this period. It probably works more robustly here than it does in most other countries. The places where you really see the 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 the, the classic witch crazes, the large scale witch hunts taking off. Are places where local legal norms have broken down, and yeah. the kind of structures that would lead an outside magistrate to come in and say, "Hang on a second, this this community is being caught up in in in, in something," and you know everybody needs just to take a deep breath and calm down a little bit. Mm-hmm. It should be said that the a number of people in England are unhappy about this. They think that not enough witches are being caught or being executed, that the, the the law does not take this crime seriously enough. And right out at the forefront of those, the people who are arguing that most vociferously are the Puritans. They They would regard this laxness towards witchcraft as one of the signs that the Reformation is is incomplete, that this is not yet as as godly a society as 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 they would like, and so for a long time, one of the kind of puzzles of the of of, of the Civil War and interregnum era has been why is there so little 
witch hunting in this period. You might have imagined that with the the centralized system of government having having broken down during the war and then a puritan regime in in charge of you know self-consciously godly puritan regime that the gloves would really have come off uh and that you would start to see large scale witch hunts of the of the kind that you've seen in in much of europe um, there is the famous, um, you know, hunts of the of, of the so-called witchfinder general in East Anglia during the during the Civil War. There's this episode in in Newcastle, which is is is, is a fascinating one. But there's very little else. It's one of the yeah. things that makes the Newcastle witches stand out. You might have imagined that this kind of thing would be happening in every town and city across England and would be happening again and again and again because often when you get a major witch hunt then you'll get another one a few years later um, but as far as we know this is is almost an an isolated incident it's it's you know, I don't mean to minimize what happened but one of the things that that really makes it remarkable is that there's not very much of this sort of thing happening during a period when you might otherwise expect it to. Yeah. When Puritans are are pushing for the Puritans have been pushing to take this take this more seriously. Um Yeah, yeah. So no, it's just it's a fascinating thing that you, you that you say. Um why weren't there more witch trials, thankfully. But it is it is interesting that this happened sort of in in Newcastle. Maybe that was like you know influenced a lot by what was going on in Scotland as well. Um, but yeah, so I mean, why would you bury witches on sacred ground? Is it not so? I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say it. Is it not so sacred? But what, uh, what is the deal there? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, in some ways, this is this is the the simplest <laughs> question of of of, of all. Um, as as you'll remember, I said that for the for the puritans that division between the the sacred and the profane, profane yeah. um doesn't hold and in particular they they are offended by the notion that any one place is more sacred than any other place so whereas the the burial grounds attached to a parish church would once have been seen as as consecrated ground mm-hmm. as as holy places that need to be need to be respected um for the and and for that reason witches would 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 traditionally not have been have been buried there um and indeed you've got all these practices as you say like burying them at a at a crossroads um or 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 upside down um, yeah. Or indeed, hanging them in 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 gibbets to be to be eaten by eaten by birds, which avoids the problem of 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 sullying the ground with 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 their blasphemous bones at all. Um, if and if if this had happened ten years earlier, then then that that would have been the territory you'd have been in. But this is 1650 in Puritan Newcastle in the wake of the Civil War. They don't believe that that a burial ground is consecrated ground. It's simply the burial place, um, oh, wow. and it's 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 the burial place of the of the parish church. Um, there's nothing special about the ground there, um, and so um, you know these these people who let's remember are in law ordinary criminals 
um, their legal status is not really any different from someone who'd been hanged for stealing a loaf of bread. Um, they're, they're, they're not convicted heretics. Of course, one of the advantages of burning heretics is that you don't have the awkward problem of a body to dispose of afterwards. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, these, these people in law are, are ordinary criminals. The ground they're being buried in is is ordinary ground. There's nothing nothing sacred about it in the view of the of the new regime. So that's where you bury the dead. Of course, you're going to put them there. And you, you are going to put them in an unmarked grave because most graves are unmarked in in in, in this period. It's an, an unusual um an, an unusual extravagance for the for the wealthy to 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 pay for some sort of of enduring memorial. Really? Um, yeah. I have no I, idea. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I thought well, everyone got a gravestone. No, I mean that's in, in yeah, for 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 a great many um, British families, the first time anyone in their family will have been buried with a gravestone will have been when 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 a member of their family was killed in the First World War. Um, the, the the Imperial War Graves Commission pays for a a, a headstone for for every soldier buried. Um, buried overseas, and that's for 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 many families. That's a that's a novelty, and it's a a real mark of the status being mm. being given to, to to soldiers. So, gravestones, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, um, gravestones just, come much later. Yeah, I guess that makes me kind of sad. It's just like they were just disposed of, and it wasn't really symbolic. And I always felt like there would be some, I don't know, some meaning behind it that they were kept there, but obviously. I mean, because unmarked graves in that sense are are normal. There's no there's no particular yeah. shame in it. The idea of the of the grave site, the marked grave as a as a place to visit is 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 very much a very much a modern preoccupation. Um, so I'm, I'm more taken by the idea that they're 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 still out there somewhere underneath one of the buildings yeah. in, in 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 central Newcastle. Yeah, the, the myth I'm, of I'm... witches persists because there was an incident quite recently where construction workers dug up bones and got, I think, scars on their blisters on their arms, and it was like they're the cursed bones of the witches. Right. And I think it was just because they were bones that were sort of covered in in lime, and so they had a reaction sure. to it. Sure. Sure. Um, but. I guess like the the myth of like the witches and sort of the preoccupation with holy and unholy bones, um, even to this day persists. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, your your Puritans would say, you know, no such thing as 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 holy and unholy bones. Um, right. That, you know that that um, that, that all, all all human beings are 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 are, you know, are sinners. Um, all all in in need of redemption. Maybe some some worse than than others but um you know god doesn't make those 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 distinctions that we're so keen to is how oh, they would well. see it um i wondered if you had any thoughts on sort of later witch trials because there were other instances in the northeast in fact we talk about them on our podcast specifically Anne armstrong who was a young girl that testified she'd witnessed um sort of getting together of sabbats and witches and i think implicated a lot of people um 
but they were all acquitted. There was nothing really came of of her testimony. Is that does that reflect maybe some changing attitudes towards what witchcraft was, or was it just sort of enough time had passed that there was there wasn't any like that legal vacuum wasn't there anymore, and there were probably sort of more checks and balances in society, or was that influenced by religion moving on? Do you have any ideas on on I, that? I, I it's it's a a really interesting, important and and I think mysterious question of what happens to um to, you know to, to 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 the great era of of witch hunting um and it's i mean this is a movement right across europe uh yeah. that you you have this this crescendo of of witchcraft prosecutions between the 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 1550s and 1650s roughly um and it's been building up slowly before that through the 15th and early 16th century. It comes to an end really quite sharply. Um, and, and around about this time, which is what makes this, this set of trials so, so striking that it's, it's right on the cusp. Um, and we don't know for sure why this, this happens. There are legal changes, but the legal changes tend to be playing catch up. The law changes once practice has already changed so i mean in england famously um it's 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 in the 1730s that the the witchcraft act is is substantially revised um to uh, and 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 the new witchcraft act then focuses much more on attempts to commit fraud with the use of pretended magic um, so it's a much more mm-hmm. a, 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 a much more secular way of, of of viewing the problem. My sense is that part of this is just that the the whole superstructure of witchcraft belief kind of collapses under its own weight. Um, that there is this, I mean, you know, frankly, paranoid or at least very excitable set of of, of fantasies that um some of the theorists of witchcraft are are coming out with um which are are arguing that there is a vast conspiracy led by the devil uh to 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 overthrow christian society um that that a great many people are in on it including powerful people um because of course the devil is going to go for the for those those powerful people it's all very course, qanon yeah. um <laughs> I, 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 and you can you can get people properly outraged and excited with mm-hmm. with this kind of thing um the trouble is that the the world that these kinds of paranoid fantasies are are painting of this kind of vast conspiracy led by the devil does not match up very well with the accusations that are actually coming out in which the people who are being accused turn out generally not to be um you know, wealthy powerful men um you know the sort of people you would imagine the devil would be going after but instead to be eccentric impoverished socially marginalized yeah. single women yeah. um uh, and witchcraft theorists are trying to say we don't understand why the devil is wasting his time with these people. Um, they, so there's there's a there's a disconnect between what the theory is is predicting, what 
the conspiracy theory, frankly, is predicting, um, and the the observed reality of 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 what's being found, and that disconnect, although brutally tragic for the for the the women, mostly women, not all who are, who are, who are accused, um, you know, can can come to seem almost kind of comically inept. What happens in the in the sixteen forties, fifties, sixties, um, is that this set of claims collapse under their own weight. That that you've kind of had to be pushing to ever towards ever more extreme understandings of of what witchcraft should be. The mismatch between that and what you're actually seeing becomes you know sufficiently wide that even the most determined conspiracy theorists start to find it it difficult to ignore. And then especially post-Restoration, when you have a, a broader scepticism towards the kind of, um, as as they would see it, religious fanaticism that's associated with Puritanism, which they, they're, mm-hmm. they're then blaming for plunging the country into 20 years of civil war. The last thing that they generally want to do is is to to start picking up on their enthusiasms for 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 hunting down harmless old women for imaginary crimes. That yeah. doesn't mean that the the uh, that these these women will find themselves taken to the bosoms of their communities and and you know treated with 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 love and respect. It sometimes means that local communities take the law into their own hands because they'll they no longer get the responses that um that they they'd hope for from the from the king's courts but it does mean that large scale judicial executions of the sort that that happened mm-hmm. in newcastle become virtually impossible and when you do have an event like that with it under english jurisdiction like you do in 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 massachusetts in the 1690s it becomes a scandal um, yeah. And and you know very very quickly contemporaneously um, comes to be seen not as a, 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 a splendid attempt by the Massachusetts authorities to protect us all from a diabolical conspiracy, but as a disastrous overreach that's resulted in a in a, in a terrible miscarriage of justice. Yeah, Thank you so much, uh, Professor Alec Ryrie, for for joining us. This has been a really fascinating discussion. Um, lots to unpick, and as I said, I th- I think we can talk for more than more than an hour on this. Uh, that's for sure. Um, but it's been a genuine pleasure to get your thoughts on on this um, on the witch trials of Newcastle, and really appreciate you taking time to to join us. It's it's been a pleasure to be with you, Marie, and, and it's it's a it's, it's it's a great podcast. Thank you for all the work you've done in it. You've been listening to the Newcastle Witches podcast. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back again soon with another episode, The Curious Case of Mary Moore with Katie Ledane. In the meantime, you can find us on social media under the Newcastle Witches Podcast. 